into his life. Genesis 28, Genesis 28, and verse 16. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you this morning, Father. We're hungry for your word, Father. We pray that you would feed us, Father, and we would take it in, Father. I pray, Father, for an anointing to be upon Oscar this morning. He would speak what you tell him to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Bethel means the house of God. But <clears throat> Jacob also called it the gate of heaven. That was his personal uh, first encounter, a real encounter with God. He had been around all of the presence of God for a very long time. He had been there. Abraham was his grandfather. Isaac, his father. This man will build altars everywhere and you couldn't be raised in that house without hearing the word of God or prayer or seeking God. That was part of his upbringing. But it is this day when his relationship with God starts in reality. That day. What brought him there? What, what was it? Well, everything that he leaned on was taken away from him. His father, his grandfather, his mother, his household, the place where he was, his status, his money. Everything was gone that day. It had been taken away because he had misbehaved. He had lied to his father. He had stolen from his brother. He had connived with his mother. It was not a right attitude. For you could be around the gospel and even be in church and maybe even sing in the choir and you're still acting as a worldly person. Still no relationship with God. Now he finds himself alone. The Bible says he grabbed a rock as a pillow. That means he didn't even have a place to lay himself. He had no blanket. He had no pillow, nothing. It was a rock under his head. That's what it was. But it is in that place where he sees the gate of heaven. Why? Because all of a sudden he has to take stock of life and see where he's going to go. What is he going to do with his life? Can't go back and don't know where to go forward to. Has no invitations anywhere. He has a vague idea that maybe some relative where his father came through, maybe they will take him in. That's all he has. And it is in that position that he looks to God. While it is a difficult place to get to, Every single man and woman who knows God has been there. Yeah. God allows you sometimes to go all the way down to the prodigal, like the prodigal son, all the way to the pig pen. You have to sometimes get there because there's so many things ingrained in you that you depend on that do not allow you to actually see the gate of heaven. 
But what I want to point out today is the fact that there has to be a transition. Yeah. Starting today on speaking on some of the issues that help us in that transition. The transition of these men from just being a pampered young man in the house of his father. Living off of the spirituality of his grandfather and father. Into now I have to face the music. It's got to be me and God. There are entire sets of Christians who never get to see the gate of heaven because they have never made that transition to it to be just them and God. Yeah. They still rely on a pastor to be pushing them. They still have to have a relative to say, come on, honey, we got to go to church today. They still have that relationship with the surrounding things that push them and not the necessity of the heart to go to God. Some people learn how to live in that environment and they really don't want to leave it. It's comfortable. Yeah. Samuel, who was a godly man from the very beginning, who from childbirth had been dedicated to God, who grew up in the temple, so he would have been a PK, a, a, a pastor's child, something like that. His race in the house of God has to have that transition too. But the Bible says that when he was a young child, all of a sudden God says, Samuel, and Samuel will run off to the things that he's comfortable with, to what has, the way that he has seen God before. He goes to Eli, the priest, an old man, wakes him up and says, what do you want? I heard you calling out. And three times that happened with Samuel and Eli, until Eli figures out it's not me the one who's talking to you. God wants to talk to you personally. Let me say it again to everyone who hears that. God wants a personal relationship with you. Yeah. And that doesn't only have to be with being saved and raising your hands but in salvation, but in the process of asking God to communicate with you and you to communicate with him. That's what prayer is for. That's yeah. what being, reading the Bible is for. Yeah. That is the transition of the willingness of surrendering to God and the positions that you are, that God may take over your life. That is the gate of heaven. Yeah. We have had entire problems with entire denominations who have hampered the church so much that it has become, you know, there was a huge battle back in the ages, and I will not mention the battling groups, but there was people who got killed back and forth for the right of reading the Bible. For there was a season at a time when the priest said that it was impossible or it was not helpful for the lay people or you and I to read the Bible. That it had to be interpreted for us by the ones who knew everything about Latin, about everything else that needed to be known. And that reading the Bible by the common men, you and I, was a bad thing. Well, there was a huge battle. People died over that. I should have told those people who were battling. You should have transported yourself all the way to this time and realize empty battle. People don't read the Bible anyway. We fought for the right. We have the right. But it's just there. We're going backwards in our knowledge of the scriptures as a church. There's a remnant, yes. We used to carry the Bible to church when it was paper. Well, then we decided it's too heavy. We're just going to put it in the back of the pews. You don't have to bring it. You don't even have to own it. Just come and 
Reading with me here. Then we say, you know what, that's too much. Let's put it up on the screen. Well, you don't even have to have something there. We don't even have to have 15 Bibles. Huh? Put it up on the screen and say, well, I got the Bible on my phone. Some people read it. Most people don't. I've seen the numbers and the data. Oh, you read it here when we're reading, right? In the Bible, in the church, and we say, okay, there it is. But most people do not read the Bible to meditate on it. Don't find it necessary. I should go all the way back to the people who fought and died for the right to read the Bible. I tell them, that's an empty death. They don't want to read it. The transition is that somewhere you get up, either at night, in the daytime, or you set the time aside when it is noontime, your break time at work, you grab your Bible in whatever capacity you have it, and without the prompting of anybody, you meditate in the Lord. Amen. That's the gate of heaven. That's a transition. It's a transition of knowing, I have not come to seek for something from the Lord. Meaning, I've received much from him, but today, at this moment, I have not come to say, give me God. I've come to say, can we have a time of fellowship? Getting up in the morning, in the middle of, of, of the night, when God is talking to you. Yeah. That's a dead art. There are few who do that, but most people say that's dumb. I remember getting up early in the morning, seeking the face of God, and even the classmates that I have in Bible college coming over to me and said, what are you doing? Why, does, why do you have to pray at 5 a.m.? Not even God is awake right now, Oscar. <laughs> Which was funny. I even laughed about it. But I knew that the deal. They were telling me, why do you have to talk to him at this time? And it isn't that you have to talk to him at 5 a.m. No, no, you can talk to him at whatever time. What happened to with me, that was the only quiet time. Yeah. I was in college. Late, everybody was going crazy up to 2 a.m. And early, 7 or 8, we all heading to school. So I had to get up at five in order for me to be able to read my Bible quietly in the presence of God. That is the gate of heaven. Yeah. The gate of heaven is open to the ones who finally come to the place as you and me. It can happen to you like Samuel when he was like 12. It can happen to you like Jacob when he was a young man. It could happen to you in your older age when you finally come to your realization. I need a relationship with God that goes beyond the four walls of the church, that approaches my household, that touches my job, that gets me into another place. The great place of transition is when somebody finds himself alone with God. Amen. The measure of your relationship with God is not the corporate thing that you do at church, not even the fact that I preach. That doesn't count. The measure of your relationship with God is the gate of heaven and how many times you visit with him. How many times have you fallen on your knees to say, God, talk to me? How many times have you laid awake in your bed with tears in your eyes saying, God, help me to make the right choices here. And I surrender what I desire here, but move me in the right direction. Help me that my days will be counted as being in your presence. Move me in your direction and yet let your Holy Spirit take care of me so that I will not need something prodding me 
This is what Paul was told at the end. When he finally came to the Lord, thinking he was serving God, but he was actually serving the devil, chasing after Christians, putting them in jail, killing them. The Lord found him and he said, why do you kick against the priest? See, you, you, you hear that conversation? Jesus is telling him, finally, I've been prodding you through different things. But you keep kicking. Finally, this is what he says. He says, who are you? And what do you want me to do? The transition was right there. Amen. All of a sudden, it wasn't about persecuting and attacking other Christians and finding out whether they believe or don't believe or finding out whether you're right or they're wrong or any of that. Who are you and what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden, life was different. The gate of heaven was open. Transition points are that one as the most important one after salvation. That movement from being prodded and being pushed and being dragged into going willingly and saying, that's the gate of heaven. I want to visit him. Amen. God bless you. God word this morning, officer. He didn't pray, so he got started later.